spectropia, or surprising spectral illusions showing ghosts everywhere and of any color, by J. H. Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Spectropia or surprising spectral illusions showing ghosts everywhere and of any color by j h brown introduction the following illusions are founded on two well-known facts namely the persistency of impressions and the production of complementary colors on the retina the explanations are divided into two parts the first consists of directions for seeing the spectres the second a brief and popular as well as a scientific description of the manner in which the spectres are produced and is intended for the use of those who may wish to know more of this subject than is contained in the first part as an apology for the apparent disregard of taste and fine art in the plates such figures are selected as best serve the purpose for which they are intended j h brown old stein brighton directions to see the spectres it is only necessary to look steadily at the dot or asterisk which is to be found on each of the plates for about a quarter of a minute or while counting about twenty the plate being well illuminated by either artificial or daylight then turning the eyes to the ceiling the wall the sky or better still to a white sheet hanging on the wall of a darkened room not totally dark and looking rather steadily at any one point the spectre will soon begin to make its appearance increasing in intensity and then gradually vanishing to reappear and again vanish it will continue to do so several times in succession each reappearance being fainter than the one preceding winking the eyes or passing a finger rapidly to and fro before them will frequently hasten the appearance of the spectre especially if the plate has been strongly illuminated those who use gaslight will find it convenient after having looked at the plate as above described to extemporize a darkened room by having the gaslight turned low or one end of the room may be darkened by placing a screen before the gas lamp or candlelight the spectres may be easily made to appear life-sized or colossal by having the plate nearer the eyes while receiving the impression and by increasing the distance between the observer and the surface against which they are seen as a general rule the observer should be about eight to twenty feet from the surface when the spectres are seen against opposite houses the sky and other distant surfaces they will appear colossal should any one not be able to see the spectre's features the reason will be either that the eyes have been allowed to wander or the head to move while looking at the plate many persons will see some one colored spectre better than the others in consequence of their eyes not being equally sensitive to all colors the colors in the plate will be found to reverse themselves in the spectres as explained elsewhere the spectres always appearing of the complementary colors to that of the plate from which it is obtained thus blue will appear orange and orange blue and so on a popular and scientific description 
it is a curious fact that in this age of scientific research the absurd follies of spiritualism should find an increase of supporters but mental epidemics seem at certain seasons to affect our minds and one of the oldest of these moral afflictions witchcraft is once more prevalent in this nineteenth century under the contemptible forms of spirit rapping and table-turning the modern professor of these impostures like his predecessors in all such disreputable arts is bent only on raising the contents of the pockets of the most gullible portions of humanity and not the spirits of the departed over which as he well knows notwithstanding his profane assumption he can have no power one thing we hope in some measure to further in the following pages is the extinction of the superstitious belief that apparitions are actual spirits by showing some of the many ways in which our senses may be deceived and that in fact no so-called ghost has ever appeared without its being referable either to mental or physiological deception or in those instances where several persons have seen a spectre at the same time to natural objects as in the case mentioned by dr Abercrombie in his work on the intellectual powers Quote, a whole ship's company were thrown into the utmost consternation by the apparition of a cook who had died a few days before he was distinctly seen walking ahead of the ship with a peculiar gait by which he was distinguished when alive from having one of his legs shorter than the other on steering the ship toward the object it was found to be a piece of floating wreck a ghost according to the general descriptions of those who fancy they have been favoured with a sight of one appears to be of a pale phosphorescent white or bluish white colour usually indistinct and so transparent that objects are easily seen through it when moving it glides in a peculiar manner the legs not being necessary to its locomotion all the senses are more or less subject to deception but the eye is preeminently so especially in the case of individuals who are in ill health because the sensibility of the retina is then generally much exalted as is also the imagination we may divide the illusions to which the sense of sight is liable into four kinds first mental or those arising in the brain itself and only referred to the eye second those produced by the structure of the eye third those arising from the impressions of outward objects on the retina fourth those produced by various combinations of the foregoing it is only the second and third we shall have occasion to touch upon but before we can well understand their nature it will be necessary to get a slight knowledge of the structure of the eye and some idea respecting the nature of light with perhaps the exception of the ear the eye is the most wonderful example of the infinite skill of the creator a more exquisite piece of mechanism it is impossible for the human mind to conceive the annexed diagram of a horizontal section of this organ will give a better idea of its general structure than whole pages of letterpress it will be seen to consist of a globe of three envelopes or coats which are kept distended by three transparent humours or lenses the aqueous the crystalline and the vitreous the outer coat is dense white and fibrous in front of the eye it gives place to a perfectly transparent one called the cornea the next coat the choroid is vascular very black on its internal surface 
in order that light falling on it through the pupil may not be reflected the pupil is an opening through a diaphragm which is called the iris from its color varying in different individuals it has the power of expanding and contracting the pupil for the purpose of regulating the supply of light to the retina or third and last coat which lies immediately on the choroid it is transparent very complex and the only part of the eye we shall carefully consider the following diagram represents a section of it magnified two hundred and fifty diameters a is called the limitary membrane and forms its innermost surface or that which is next the vitreous humour b consists of the layer of optic nerve fibres c is a layer of grey nerve cells d two layers in which the principal retinal blood vessels are spread out e two layers of granular matter f jacob's membrane or layer of rods and cones figure three will give some idea of the supposed connection between these various parts the same letters referring to the same parts as in figure two when a ray of light enters the eye it passes through the humours or lenses and is formed by them into an image on the choroid of the object looked at the extremities of the rods and cones have the power of appreciating the image then formed and conveyed up through the ultimate parts of the retina thence along the optic nerve fibres to the brain we are inclined to regard the extremities of the rods and cones as the true seat of perception in consequence of observing a considerable distance between the retinal blood vessels and the choroid when performing porcinius experiment footnote this distance can easily be perceived by getting an impression on the retina according to the directions page four and then on performing the above experiment the arterial ramifications in the central spot will be distinctly perceived to move over the spectral figure and a footnote this experiment consists in passing a lighted candle slowly to and fro before the eyes at about two or three inches from the nose when the retinal vessels will exhibit themselves before the observer not unlike branching trees they may be seen by daylight by passing the large teeth of an ordinary comb slowly backwards and forwards before the eye whilst looking on a smooth sheet of paper or upon the sky figure four represents those of the left eye as seen by candlelight the spot marked k is the exact centre of the retina it is the seat of most distinct vision j is the entrance of the optic nerve from the centre of which the retinal artery will be seen emerging and spreading over the entire retina but in the diagram that part only is represented which could be seen tolerably distinct the background to the artery appears of a pale red except at the part occupied by the optic nerve where it is white after this rapid glance at so complicated a structure and bearing in mind that some persons can see several parts with vastly greater facility than others it cannot be a matter of surprise that individuals not aware of these facts are now and then especially at night and when carrying a light about startled by what they fancy an apparition but which is in reality nothing more than some part of the structures above considered a lady assures us that she saw the ghost of her husband as she was going downstairs with a lighted candle in her hand 
The spot K, figure 4, when seen against a wall, a few feet distant, appears about the size of a human head, and wants very little to furnish it with features. Figured paper on the wall, and a host of other things, may supply them, or even the retinal artery, which often lends body and limbs. Beside the above-mentioned structures, there are others which may play an important part in these illusions, especially the common musque volantes, so called from the resemblance to flying flies. They consist of cells and filaments, the debris of the structures of the eye, and float about in its humours. That some of them exist very near the retina appears evident from the fact that, on placing the eyes close to a gauze wire blind, distinct miniature images of parts of the gauze will be seen in them. We now pass on to consider some of the leading properties of light. There have been many theories propounded from time to time in order to explain the various phenomena connected with this subject, but only one accords well with all, and that is called the undulatory or vibratory theory, which, from its numerous complications, will compel us to confine ourselves to a consideration of that part only which is necessary to our present use. This theory regards light as the vibrations of an imponderable ether pervading all space, the number of these vibrations varying in a given time for each of the three primary colors, blue, yellow, and red, the greatest number producing blue, the least red, and an intermediate number yellow, all other colors being produced by the combination of these in various proportions. Any two of the three primary colors mixed together makes the complementary color to the third, and the third is also complementary to it. Thus, blue and yellow make green, which is the complementary color to red. Red and blue make purple, complementary to yellow. Yellow and red make orange, complementary to blue. When the three primary colors are mixed together, white is the result so that when a ray of white light falls upon a piece of paper and all the vibrations are equally reflected, the paper will appear white. And if they are all absorbed, it will appear black. But if the paper absorbs some and reflects others, it will appear colored. Thus, if it absorbs those producing red, it will appear green from the mixture of the vibrations producing blue and yellow. And if it absorbs blue and yellow and reflects red, then it will appear red. In this manner, any object we look at will appear of any particular color according to which vibrations it absorbs and which it reflects. The retina is so admirably constructed that it is susceptible of different impressions of color by these different vibrations, except in the case of a few individuals who are either blind to all color and therefore see everything black or white and their intermediate shades, or who are blind to only one or two colors. When we look steadily at a red object for a few seconds, that part of the retina on which the image impinges begins to get less sensitive to vibrations producing red, but more sensitive to those producing blue and yellow, so that, on turning the eye away from the red object and permitting a little white light to enter it, that part of the retina which received the red image will, in consequence of its diminished sensibility to that color and its exalted sensibility to blue and yellow, be able to perceive the two latter colors best and by their mixture will give rise to a green image of the red object. The same thing will be observed with all the other colors. 
the secondary image or specter always appearing of the complementary color to the object from which the impression is obtained. The duration and vividness of these impressions on the retina vary greatly in different individuals and can be procured from almost any object. A person may, after looking steadily and as often happens unconsciously for a short time at printed or painted figures on paper, porcelain, etc., see, on turning the head in some other direction, a life-sized or colossal spectre. The spectre appears larger the greater the distance of the surface against which it is seen. And there can be little doubt but that many of the reputed ghosts originate in this manner. End of spectropia, or surprising spectral illusions showing ghosts everywhere and of any color, by J. H. Brown.